0: And now back to Lifeline with
1: Craig Roberts. And welcome back to our program. You mentioned having been raised in a Christian home, parents were present, and yet there were issues and dynamics going on that impacted your behavior, and you acted out in a certain fashion when you had an opportunity to do so. Um, And we could look at that and say, all right, there's an issue of the heart taking place here. And, And maybe one of the big things that we're missing, even in the public arena, as government and and public schools and so forth try to address the issue of of bullying and that is that we have to at the core deal with the heart issue pastor
2: paul i think that's true in fact we've got to learn that uh, the bible speaks to us as body soul and spirit and we've got to address things on every level so spiritually hopefully we're learning from the word of god principles like um, what you find in ephesians six we wrestle not against flesh and blood we really are wrestling against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we've got to teach uh, not only in our churches, and our Sunday schools, we've got to teach in our homes um, that, that the Lord goes with us everywhere we go. When, my, when our kids were um, early in their school years, we would have nightly prayer, so their mom and I would um, pray with them before they went to sleep. And one of the things we taught them to do very early on is if you're having any challenges in school, whether they're personal challenges or whether they're academic challenges, you have a test and you're not sure you're you're ready, uh, let's bring it up when we have our prayer time at night so we can discuss it and pray about it. And if you're being bullied or if anybody's picking on you, be sure to let uh, let us know so we can pray about it and so we can pray for that kid and pray for the situation. And then so that's handling it on the spiritual level. But then you had the practical level. I would say, now, look, tell the teacher if somebody's picking on you or whatever, let them know. Do, you know, follow the process and the procedures that you're taught in your school. But push come to shove. If it's not being dealt with, tell dad because I'm not just going to pray. I'll be at the school and I'm going to take care of things. So we've got to take a multidimensional approach to to all of
1: these. You, what you're suggesting is you really have to be present for your children. Absolutely. And you have to be engaged. I I, I wouldn't embarrass anybody in the crowd, but I would wonder, just answer this question for yourself, parents in the crowd. um, Have you ever met any of your child's teachers? Have you ever made a visit to your child's school? Now, a lot of parents would say, Craig, I'm so busy. I've got so much going on. I'm a working mother, and I'm a single mother, and I'm running here and there and to and fro. The notion of going to a PTA meeting, there aren't enough hours in the day and 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 maybe that kind of given where our culture and society is today is exacerbating this problem because now a single parent especially There's no team there to turn it to to say, I can't go to the PTA meeting or I can't go to the child parent conference this week, but dad, you go, or mom, you go. Does that even make it more difficult then in terms of a parent being able to be involved enough, as Pastor Paul is suggesting, so that the kids feel as if not only is there a safe place to go and talk about it when they're being bullied or having problems at school, but also that there's that sense of more community engagement so that there's communication taking place between the parent and the school to nip these things in the bud sooner?
3: You know, it's time management. I hate to use that term. But uh, parents have to prioritize. We hear a lot about, I spend quality time with my kids. I can tell you that in every instance with my with my two children, quality time only came because there was quantity time. And, you know, sometimes you have to kind of break the ice and get into a rhythm, into a conversation. And I was, I mean, when I went to seminary, I was in grad school. I was working two and three jobs trying to get through But I made time for my family and you just have to say there are some things I just can't do there are some activities some sports some whatever I just can't do I have to invest in these children and you know and there's sort of an awareness aspect that we may not have considered there's the bully who doesn't know he's a bully I mean you know there are people who are driven there are people who are go-getters and they and what happens is they stomp all over people without meaning to I mean when I was in the corporate world and then when I went off to seminary, that was me. And one of the things I struggle with as a, as a husband, as a father, as a guy, as a pastor, is I'm driven. And if I'm not careful, me pushing it's like bullying. You know. And at the same time, on the flip side, as a victim, one of the things that we forget to teach is this. If you go to the book of Job, God says, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil goes on to bully Job. Right? or James talks about count it all joy whenever you encounter various and sundry trials knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfecting work there's also an aspect where we help the victim who might be a, who hopefully is a Christian understand that God may have ordained this trial not that God you know what did Joseph say to was brothers what you intended is evil against me God intended for good to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive to help the victim to see that God is working in this. There's that still small voice. He's there in this storm developing you for future trials, for future ministry, where you might put your arm around a victim of bullying and walk them through this process through a biblical mindset. And it's really complicated, and we tend to be a society that likes easy answers. And there are so many layers to this thing. And uh, it's, for me, as a human being, it's just confounding. Because, I, I yeah. want to keep this dialogue going
1: okay. for a moment because you've, you've opened up another layer, or you've pulled back another layer of this onion, Pastor Crosby, that I think is very important. I'd like to get all of our panelists to weigh in on this because while we have tended in our discussion tonight to focus quite heavily on the dynamic of bullying that takes place amongst young people and in the school environment, uh, going back to that notion of being a heart issue, as Pastor Shepard uh, said earlier, this does take place in other arenas, sure. and a bully is not necessarily just the kid on the playground. A bully can be the co-worker in the cubicle next to you that you know there's one promotion available and you will do anything to get that promotion and turn up to and including undermining bullying in a sense. A co-worker to try and get ahead because we learned that it's dog eat dog, dog fight dog kind of world out there. And so there's a lot of people maybe that, that not only don't know that they're bullies, but there are adults that are engaged in bullying as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody want to comment on that?
3: we, we, We can run roughshod over people. We want to do a good thing, you know, we want to do it for the Lord and we're going to get from point A to point B and anyone or anything that gets in the way could be the devil in disguise or maybe it's just a sheep. Maybe it's just a person who doesn't see what we see, doesn't have the vision and we stomp all over them. Or maybe it's a spouse that, you know, we're like, come on, let's get this taken care of and you're trying to help them solve the problem but you're questioning them And what you're really doing is beating them to a pulp emotionally. It's almost like relational violence.
1: So in in a sense, there may be some uh, unintended mentoring taking place here that maybe a child in a sense is seeing what mom or dad does and mimicking some of that behavior.
2: I think that's true because sometimes, say, in a job situation, you have a bully somebody who is jostling for... Uh, a certain promotion or something like that, and they're doing it in an underhanded fashion, sometimes the Christian on the job says, well, I need to take the high ground of just letting this play out and just believing God and taking a passive kind of approach. That's okay if that's what's really in your heart. But if it's in your heart to confront them or to let the supervisor know here's what's really going on, Uh, I think we need to help empower people. You know, again, people love to take uh, out of context what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, you know, if you're struck uh, on one side of your face, turn the cheek and let them strike the other side as well. Well, that had a very unique um perspective in Jesus' day. He's talking to people who are under Roman occupation mm-hmm. so they don't have the freedom of citizenship as we know it. They are under occupation and their oppressors were people who were in control. There was no police force the Jew could turn to to make sure the the Romans behaved themselves. So Jesus is talking to people who don't have much political power or clout or military or any other kind of law enforcement. What do they do? And Jesus said, you got to take the high road of letting them know that you're not going to be psychologically Uh, put down. So when they want to strike you, because that's not an act act of violence in the Sermon on the Mount, that's an act of humiliation. And the way to respond to somebody trying to humiliate you, Jesus said, is to humble yourself, which means you choose to go low. So you can't put me down because I'm already down by choice which is the difference between meekness and weakness. I'm starting to preach, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, the fact of the matter is we've got to teach people, if the time and occasion is right, go on and assert your, your rights and make sure the powers that be know what's really happening, and Christians have to feel okay about doing that.
4: Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think, you know, you know instead, of instead of trying to stop, stop, trying to stop bullying, the bullying we, stop bullying, we can stop the bully, because we're never going to stop the bullying. <laughs> Because take, because take yourself, yourself. You said that when you were younger, you went to the principal's office. You weren't just speaking in hypothetical. You actually went to the principal's office, and you were a Christian, right? Raised in a Christian home, a good kid. How did you end up in that principal's office? Because you have a sin nature. Here I was raised in the church. How could I bully somebody? Because I have a sin nature. So once that is found out, we stop the bully and you know it's just going to happen bullying is going to take place but we can mitigate it by stopping the bully so i think think look at the approach
1: so the need for then full disclosure in other words (laughs) right
5: yeah i think that uh in a extremely simplistic view power used without compassion could be bullying in a sense um And as we are responsible for our children i think that they need to see that sometimes we use power without compassion and i i mean i probably every parent i know has done that and so we've acted like a bully and part of that mentoring process to to train them is to say i'm sorry i messed up i was wrong and so instead of them being bullied and when they get in a position of power to to bully another they'll recognize in themselves that struggle of sin nature.
1: And, and I would imagine training them to know the difference is critically important because to that degree, we can cite example after example. Go home and watch the TV tonight and you'll see example after example in every arena, in, in entertainment, in society in general, in politics, in, 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 in world affairs where the powerful one exerts that power over the weaker one. Uh, and when it's done in an environment without compassion, that, that's, that's usually how people lose jobs or take over countries. We're going to take a brief time out. come back with more of our conversation. As we pivot on this topic, we're going to talk next about how do we better equip our children to respond to bullying. A special edition of Lifeline coming to you live from Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont. We'll take a timeout back with more right here on KFAX. Back to our broadcast. We're here live as we continue on. We are at Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont. And, of course, we're uh, very pleased to be here in our host, Pastor Paul Shepard, Senior Pastor here at Destiny, also speaker on the Destined for Victory broadcast, heard each Monday through Friday at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Joining us also on our panel is Pastor Gary Mortarum. He is Senior Pastor at Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church in San Leandro. His broadcast, I Speak Life, Monday mornings, Monday through Friday, Friday mornings, rather, at 11 a.m. on KFAX. Also with us is Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose. His daily broadcast, Grace to Live, heard Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. And uh, rounding up our panel is the principal from Shiloh United School in San Mateo, David Swift. Gentlemen, we've talked a lot about many issues here tonight in relationship to what bullying is, the forms in which it takes place, the environment that can oftentimes cause it to to fester or grow. I want to spend a few moments now talking about how do we best equip our children to respond to bullying. We've talked about the ways in which the community can change, the church needs to be better involved. Parents need to be more active. Let's get, though, to the heart of as we train up a child, what are we telling that child about how to see themselves, see themselves in relationship to who they are in Christ, and how do they respond? To bully, and who wants to dive in first? Yeah,
4: yeah. It's jab, jab,
3: straight. that's it. Right. That's it. That's i it. Say, over, actually, Gary, that would be an overhand right, but yeah. that'll work too. That so. yeah, works too. You know, <laughs> you know, a passage that is often applied in a different sense that I think would work with bullying is Matthew 18:15 through 17. You know, bullies like to perform on a stage; they want an audience, and, and basically, they're cowards, and they they want the an emotional edge. And one of the things you know, you teach your son or your daughter, if you have the opportunity, talk to them privately. If if they won't listen, get help. Right? Bring at least, you know, the whole so-called church discipline process. And if they still won't listen, you know, take it to the church. Well, that might be in the school. You know, you try to talk them; they don't listen to, you know, talk to them again with a couple of people around. You're almost turning the tables. I'm not saying being manipulative. And if that doesn't work, then you get authority. Because we do have to teach our children life skills, and there's not always there, there, just like there's not a police officer on every corner to prevent crime. There's not a teacher in every inch of the hallway or a principal in every classroom.
1: Well, and as you suggest, Pastor, um, this is a topic that they're going to confront for a lifetime. Let me ask the audience here tonight: How many of you would say, in the last six months to a year, we have all old adults here tonight? How many of you would say, in one capacity or another, you feel as if you've been the victim of bullying? Yeah, all right. So we've got folks in this audience. So this is not just to help our kids survive. This is really a
3: life skill. Right. I mean, God is a God of order, not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. He gives us processes. He gives us practices. And he gives us a community. And the one-on-one, the bringing some people around, and then, you know, appealing to a wider authority. I mean, that, would apply, that could apply. Now, we know that the Word of God or the God's principles don't make sense to a lost world who doesn't have the spirit of God and whose conscience is seared but he does give us processes and practices that we can apply 10 commandments most people today can't recite them but they are like 10 rules for life that order and organize a society and I think teaching our children whether they are if they're the victim what to do and you know and coaching them through it and it may not work I mean, oh, you're going to take Brutus aside and you're going to try to reason with him and he's going to give you another shove. That's where you go get help, but you gave him his chance, you know.
1: And that, I think, sort of dovetails into... Pastor Shepard, what you were sharing earlier of your own experience with your own family, and that is equipping your kids to know that there's a safe place that they can come to and that they can speak up if they have issues,
2: that they're not alone. That's right, because the fact of the matter is, and it's true not only of kids but of adults, we come in different temperaments, and so to get some people to really feel empowered takes a lot more energy and a lot more thoughtfulness than others. There are some of our kids who are automatically fighters, whereas some others are automatically flighters. And so if you have the flight mentality, you're going to have to teach them a certain set of principles, life skills, so that they know how to address what's going on. And that person grows up to be an adult. And if they haven't uh, change their self image and their self perspective, then you've got a lot of work to do filling them with the word. You know, we all know that the Bible says the key is to spiritually renew our minds. But that is a process. That's not just, you don't get that in a single service. You leave church. Oh man, my mind is totally renewed. But in every area of our lives, we need to day by day allow the, the word to infiltrate our hearts and change our thinking and our behavior. And I think that's the key to giving people the life skills to address bullying.
4: Pastor Gary? Yeah, you know, we have to think about the psychology of a kid that's cowering. To, to tell go tell somebody, somebody that is, that is another acknowledgement, day, acknowledgement in his mind. That I'm we, look we're how weak, down weak down I am. I have to go some tell somebody, but we could break, we could break that, that, that mentality. We could show, show them that, that you, you know, know what, there's you can't stand, stand up to everybody. everybody. You can't, you can't. And, so and so we want to we help you. Let us help you. And you know, if if we downplay it as a parent or slap him in the head and say just punch him in the nose, yeah, he might get hurt. You know, I had one kid stand up to another kid and got his leg broken because he's a bully that could back it up and so, and so just, you know we just need to let, need to let the kids okay know them. it's okay, okay not, to tell you're not, not being smart. weak you're being smart. being smart you're being smart so and so we can help them, help, them help, them. help them
1: in that way is there a degree to which this notion of of self-value and self-worth plays into this as well and i and i'm conscious about that because there's the the secular version of what self-worth looks like and then there's of course the the scriptural version or the version that we see ourselves as valuable because christ died for us
4: well, you know, I think every human being walks around with a low self-esteem to some degree. You know, God called Moses. He said, I, 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 I can't do it, right? You know? And Mary's like, who am I? And Gideon, you know, mighty man. Are you talking to me? Who are you talking to? We all, we all have this lower self-image of us. And the bully oftentimes is masking that by trying to control and overpower. And is the bully
1: also sometimes recognizing that and therefore saying, here's somebody that I can put down and and, and, and take advantage of because I spot in something in then some
4: degree of weakness? you know, going back to my own experience again, when I was the weakest in the family structure, so I wanted to be the strongest in my public arena. Um, there were some, guy some guys I bullied that, bullied that, that I, I probably could have knocked them out, but there, was some but there was some were some guys that I bullied probably, that probably they if they'd have stood, stood up to me would have yet. knocked me out, but they were, but they were afraid, afraid because I put on such a persona at the time, at the time. Right behind but behind all that was fear, fear and my own self image. So, how, how do we, do we help, help the young people with that, that self image and, and you know, that thank God for the churches and the youth groups because we can definitely teach that that segment segment of society society. but in reality reality, that segment is pretty small small compared to the public sector sector that's out there there. so So somehow if we can get in the schools maybe and and do some again i think um drama role-playing and show them that it's okay to come and get help because if you get help statistics say within 10 seconds we're going to stop this behavior against you
1: And the sooner that we we have that sense of intervention or responding, the better it's going to be. Before it moves to 4,400 kids a year committing suicide, 30%, 35% of which are directly attributable to responding to just being on the receiving side of bullying.
3: You know, there's another aspect of this where Jesus said, you're salt and light, right? We're we're salt. And and salt has a restraining influence on the culture. You know, salt is a preservative in the Sermon on the Mount. And that's where we where we train our children within the church to be missionaries within whatever context they live in. And so if we remind them that they are created in the image and likeness of God, that's their value. They're image bearers. They're, you know, they bear the image of God and that the bully bears the image of God and the victim bears the image of God and if they can model something, sometimes good behavior rubs off on so-called bad kids.
1: Let me mention for our audience, we have a microphone here in the center. If any of you want to jump in with a question for any of our panelists, share a story, or get a little clarification on any of the points that we've raised here tonight, I want you to feel free just line up behind the microphone, tell us your first name and uh, the city that you're from, and we'll be happy to uh, have our panelists um, entertain your question. I want to complicate this for just a moment, if I can. We've talked a lot about bullying self-esteem self-image what all of that means there's an interesting dynamic within scripture where the church is forewarned to be prepared to be not bullied but persecuted for his name's sake Uh, is it important as we're training our children to also help them understand the difference the dynamic of what that means as opposed to just The bully who's got uh, some point to get, uh, you know, feel stronger over, over the weaker, the perceived weaker person versus genuine
3: persecution that is, while not comfortable, certainly very biblical. Well, you know, here's the thing that we forget. Sometimes bullies single young people out because they are Christians, because they are chaste, they're pure, they're not doing what other people do. And we have to remember how to coach our children. If, if they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute you. It doesn't mean you have to like it. It doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. Jesus was power under control. He was meek. He wasn't a wimp. He was a carpenter's son, you know, and he was God in the flesh. But it, it, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Now, I've overcome the world, but he's talking about eternally speaking. And, and persecution is a very real aspect of the whole bullying dynamic, Because there are people who are going to stand on principles. They may even stand up for the weak, and they're going to be bullied by an individual or by a group of people or a crowd or a system. So I think you have to really train the minds and hearts of our young Christian men and women to expect to have a hard time, to expect trials. You know,
4: it's... uh, Pastor Gary? Yeah, according, to yeah, according statistics, again, statistics, 20 to 30 percent of students, only 20 to 30 percent, that means 70, that means 70 80% to 80 percent, do not report, do not report being, bullied. being bullied. So that means they're, so that means they're bullying, enduring they're it, personalizing, 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 internalizing that. And so, again, and so, again, getting those kids, we can't stop the bullying, we can bully. stop the bully. Mm-hmm. But but you've got to let us know if you're being bullied so we can jump in and do something. You have to create a
1: safe environment, though, don't you? I mean, you, you, you have to let them know it's okay.
4: It is okay. Please come and talk to us. And I, I think Paul talked about his parents, you know, letting our kids know, no, you can come talk to me about it. No, Dad, you'll go down to school and you'll beat up all my friends, you know, kind of attitude. Which one guy, Which one guy said, said, he was a Christian man, he said that when he, that when he found out his fifth-grade son was being bullied, he wanted to go beat up the fifth graders and calm himself down, right? <laughs> <laughs> But listen to this in general the US has about average amount of bullying when compared to other countries this is a human epidemic of our sin nature Back to the heart Back to, the heart, back to right. the heart, right? I mean, you think of, of when one country would overrun another and take it over. That was, was a massive form bullying. of bullying. Just because we can, we're going to come and do this. And do this. so you were, left, so to you were left to cower so you wouldn't you'd be killed, fight. or you'd fight, or you'd overthrow, or you'd overthrow them. them. And so, and so gotta we got to deal with that whole, that whole heart issue. We're going to pause
1: for a moment and come back with some closing comments from our panelists. Our special broadcast tonight, dealing with a topic of bullying, what it is, and how we respond to it. Back with more as this special edition of Lifeline continues. And welcome back to our program. In the closing segment of today's program, we've got some very special guests with us today. Pastor Gary Morterum, Senior Pastor at Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church in San Leandro. Of course, speaker on the I Speak Life broadcast heard weekdays at 11 a.m. We also have with us Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose. His broadcast, Grace to Live, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KFAX. David Swift, principal at Shiloh United School in San Mateo, and our very gracious host tonight, the senior pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship and speaker on the Destined for Victory broadcast weekdays at 3.30 p.m pastor Paul Shepard um, we've we've delved into a lot of uh, aspects of this equation this question tonight and I realize for some people they feel as if we've sort of just uh, scratched the surface and so in in the spirit of trying to kind of bring some some sense of very definitive sort of marching orders to people listening to the broadcast who either feel as if they are the victim of ongoing bullying or they have a child who is the victim of of ongoing bullying or maybe there's somebody to whom the holy spirit has spoke tonight saying you know the problem with bullying in your life is you're the bully um i want to have each of our panelists take a moment and sort of address both sides of that equation and let me start first with david swift from shiloh united the highlight
5: that pastor paul mentioned earlier just the, the spiritual warfare aspect of it. i mean we, we fight not against flesh and blood so um, my brother, uh, Pastor Gary, was here once again on the left and right plan, and I know there's time for that, but but um, sometimes this can be a distraction, too, because the enemy loves to distract just a little bit uh, from the focus that God has given us. And uh, as parents, we are absolutely irresponsible for the environment of our children. The Bible says fathers do not frustrate their children. And um, as Pastor Crosby mentioned, every every system that our children are in, teens, church, uh, school, anywhere in any family, they're all different structures and praise God, we're in a country that supports a lot of, uh, accountability. Um, but we're responsible ultimately for recognizing is this environment that my child is in, is this appropriate for them or is it off the rails? And I need to take them out of it. Um, I'm a parent, I believe in, in private Christian school, but there are parents that, that need to be in a public school and they recognize that's a good place for their child to be. But it's not a passive in and a, and a situation where it's it's just a defensive mode. They're there for a purpose. This is their mission field. They've been called by God to be there to, to witness to their teacher, to their family, to everybody there. And whatever persecution they may go through while they're there, it's it's a purpose. It's, it's intentionality. So... Uh, I think we need to keep the spiritual warfare aspect in line and, and pray for our, our bully or uh, realize what God is doing because Jesus is about Jesus his father's his business. business. That's the ultimate, That's the ultimate question. question. What, what is God want you to be
1: in your spirit? Let me turn next to Pastor Keith Crosby. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, when I think of this, I'm kind of a process guy. And, and one of the things I appreciate about Pastor Gary is his practicality. And a lot of times as Christians we are seen as being so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. <laughs> and so really I think the approach is this to cure for what ails humanity and that includes bullying is the gospel of Jesus Christ and until he returns this is going to continue and God knows that. And so God in Romans 13 and in 1 Peter 2 reminds us to respect every human institution and he gives us good government, he gives us Teachers, He gives us administrators to maintain order. And so I think we preach the gospel, but we also utilize the system by stopping the bully And, and by reminding people that snitches don't necessarily get stitches, they prevent them. And I think you really have to have this balanced twofold approach. Jesus is the cure for what ails us, and in the meantime, he's left us good government. He's left us administrative systems and structures that we can use to make life tolerable until he comes and fixes it all.
1: And do we have to be vigilant about this at all levels? And I pose that question because we've talked about this in the in the um, uh, the, the the micro tonight, um, as it relates to the way our children are impacted, or how we feel at the office, or in relationship to others. But the macro the macro impact, uh, the thirty thousand foot high view, so to speak in its worst forms, couldn't we say that even in a degree to which the Holocaust has elements where one group of people bullied in mass and to the most severity of man's inhumanity toward man, bullied, and so this is something that while it's, it, it might appear to some to be, yeah, it's a nice topic, get your kids to understand not to be a bully and not to be bullied, but there are really broader implications sure. to this, aren't there?
3: Well, the fall... Fallen humanity, saved or unsaved, is capable of horrendous acts. You look at what God's people did. In the, Abraham got his wife to lie. David committed adultery. Had you right. a Hittite, bumped off right. And then you take away the Spirit. You take away. You take Christ or God out of the equation, and you have the Holocaust. You know, you have the Armenian genocide where the Turks came in and wiped out almost an entire country. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an incredible thing. Uh, we just can't lose sight of the fact that we make we struggle not with physical flesh and blood. It is you know spiritual forces of darkness in high places. And the
1: spiritual warfare that yeah. David talked about a yeah. moment ago. Amen.
3: Pastor Gary,
1: some closing comments from you, please. Yeah I, just,
4: yeah, I just want to clarify what Dave said. I didn't say <laughs> one two punch. Always a three <laughs> punch combination. Um, That's a good point of clarification. <laughs> No, but there's a reason why we send our kids to martial arts. Or uh, Keith, I'm sure you taught, sure you taught, son taught your box. son how to box because you were a boxer. You know, we do have that self-defense mechanism. But, again, if you go up against the wrong bully, you're going to get your leg broken. So that's not the answer. There may be a situation where we have to. I mean, Jesus was literally addressing bullying when he was talking about the Roman soldier. The Roman soldier bullying him because he could. Um, that's right. That's right. That's right. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just, passivism. just passivism. And, you know, Peter was trying to cut the guy's neck off, and the guy was just quick enough to, to keep it. But it was an process, <laughs> right? But, um, but um, yeah, I think, again, training the kids that it's okay to talk to them. And, you know, I think we're all guilty at some point. Uh, let's be honest. Christian preachers, radio, television, you know, we've sort of bullied the LGBT community. Um, you know, I wrote a book on it. Because of that, the Lord changed my heart. To write to, write to them about the, about the compassion, compassion of Christ in their community, uh, let's call, uh, let's call it, the, gay, let's, the let's get the gay thing straight. straight. Um, that the Lord had, to, the Lord had, had to deal with my heart because oftentimes when I was a preacher younger preacher, preacher, I was uh, critical, uh, critical of them. I made jokes about, about, the about them from the pulpit until I realized, until I realized that's wow, that's not going to win them. What would Christ do? So that was a, so that was a form of bullying. But I think if we begin to deal with it and demonstrate to the kids that it's okay. Uh, Maybe we can save some lives. Let me turn to uh, Pastor Paul Shepard, our our host tonight. Pastor Paul, uh, some closing
1: thoughts,
2: please. Well, I like what my colleagues are saying here. At the end of the day, I think we need to realize that what Paul said is true. We are not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And so we simply need to find God's process that we're to go through in each case Uh, to find how to walk in victory in that moment. So there are times when uh, we do it through asserting our spiritual authority, rebuking the devil, rebuking the evil and the evildoer. There are times that we have to be practical, as we've been talking about. And I'm so glad someone mentioned the fact that Jesus... Is not opposed to self-defense. People need to know that. Jesus actually said in in Luke 22, he's getting ready to leave the world. He's getting ready to be crucified. They're going to feel awfully alone. And he knows that. And he says, when I've sent you out before, I told you don't worry about what you take. Just go and, and tell the good news. He said, now I want you to know. If you don't have a defensive weapon, he used a sword, the the term for sword, that meant a defensive weapon. You don't go out slicing people up just for fun. But when you need to defend yourself, he said, if you don't have a sword, sell your garment and go buy one right there in Luke 22. And he was telling people, look, I'm about to leave you. You're going to feel quite alone and quite threatened and you don't have to just sit back and cower and hope nothing happens to you you have some self defense mechanisms at your disposal so we simply need to find God's process in every situation lord how do i walk in victory and assert myself as an overcomer in this situation and i think if we ask him james said if you ask for wisdom he'll give it to you and i truly believe that that is true in our lives so we need to walk in the word, walk in wisdom, and believe God to give us victory day by day.
1: Some wonderful and very on-point closing remarks from our host pastor tonight, Pastor Paul Shepard. If you're looking for a new church home in the Fremont area, we invite you to check out Destiny Christian Fellowship and, of course, the radio broadcast, Destined for Victory, Monday through Friday at 3.30 p.m. right here on... On KFAX. I'd also like to thank Pastor Gary Mortero, Senior Pastor at Faith Fellowship Foursquare Church in San Leandro. And if you're in that part of the Bay Area, Pastor Gary would love to see you on a Sunday morning. His program, I Speak Life, you can catch it Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. on KFAX. Down in the South Bay, anytime you're in San Jose, if you know the San o- way to San Jose, Pastor Keith uh-huh. Crosby would love to see you there on a Sunday morning at Hillside Church. And, again, his program's called Grace to Live. You catch it coming up next here on KFAX, 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Finally, our thanks to uh, David Swift, principal of Shiloh United School in San Mateo. Thanks to our studio audience for being with us. We'd like to thank our producer, Wanda Sanchez, my engineer, Jarrell Martin. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time, remember, don't just keep the faith. Get on out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long.